Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to the Nutrition Awareness Podcast, co-hosted by yours truly, Kate Richardson and Megan Pachecki. We're two registered dietitians here to make your life easier by debunking diet myths, sharing scientific information about nutrition, and keeping you motivated to reach your goals. We want to teach you everything we know by giving you real-life examples of how we've helped our combined thousands of clients transform their lives, lose weight, and get healthy without having to go on another cookie-cutter diet. On this podcast, we'll be giving you our best advice, strategies, and mindset shifts so you too can reach your goals using food and most importantly, enjoy the process. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Nutrition Awareness Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. I am recording solo today. My name is Kate Richardson, and I am a registered dietitian nutritionist, and I specialize in helping women who yo-yo diet and are trying to find a balanced, healthy approach to eating and weight loss. And that includes a lot of women who have PCOS, fertility concerns, maybe they've lost their period. That happened to me. I had lost my period for about 14 months due to under-eating and over-exercising and too much stress, and it had sent me down a wormhole of learning about nutrition for reproductive health, specifically in women. And today, we're going to focus primarily on PCOS. One of my philosophies when it comes to nutrition is to focus more on what to consume and eat more of in our diet to help us get the results we're looking for, as opposed to what to restrict, what to eat less of. Yes, it is important to talk about the things that we probably don't need to be over-consuming in our diet, but I find that the journey, which it is a journey, by the way, to achieve optimal health and, and reach your goals, is a lot more enjoyable when we're focusing on what to do more of. It's just more abundant, it feels more attainable, and the beautiful thing is when we naturally eat more of the things I'm going to talk about today, it's easier to eat less of those things that we are always hearing are evil or inflammatory or the devil, blah, blah, blah. So this is going to be a really positive podcast. I'm going to share what to eat more of and why. Before we start, I wanted to share a message I got from a listener. Uh, She gave me permission to share this, but I'm going to keep her identity anonymous. I don't know anything about her health history. She's not a client of mine. I don't know, um, you know, if, if things she struggled with even relate to the topic of this podcast. But I thought her message was really, really inspiring. So if you need a little push right now with your health habits, if you're feeling overwhelmed by all the quick fixes out there, um, I'm talking to you, semaglutide, or 
any of the old diets that seem to be phasing out like keto and, and fasting and whatnot, I thought this was really interesting. So she sent me a message that said, hi, I just wanted to share some non-scale wins I have had recently that I believe are a direct result of listening to a handful of your podcasts. I have been tracking calories using my fitness pal, but more for an awareness than intention to restrict. I had been focusing on eating whole foods and getting more protein and less processed things throughout the day. I have also been consistently working out since December 20th. My non-scale victories have come in the form of a much sounder and restful sleep and overall decreased desire for junk food. I had noticed the decreased evening desires for junk, but it really hit me today when I was on my drive home from meeting some girlfriends and I ordered a coffee drink from Starbucks as a splurge. It was an iced coffee with vanilla sweet cream, nothing crazy, but something I never had an issue gulping down before. I drank about half of it on my drive home, which was two hours, and I just felt very blah and had no desire to finish it. I drank the rest of my water instead. And she went on to share how that was a big deal. And I agree. I I told her that I used to suck down sugary drinks when I was in the midst of my restrict binging cycle. It was very weird to me to like leave coffee behind or a sweet drink. And I remember comparing myself to my friends and seeing when they would not finish a drink, they would leave like one third of it at the bottom. That was never me. And that was because I was always restricting and binging or under fueled. So I was really glad she shared this with me. She also shared that she has lost five pounds and just feeling really great. And I told her this is really great to hear, especially again, in a world that's really, really, really solely focused on losing weight quick. She has a lot of non-scale victories that are paying off. So if anybody else has any inspiring stories, I would love for you guys to send them to us at Nutrition Awareness on Instagram. We're at nutrition.awareness. I think it'd be nice to start podcasts off with a little inspiration uh, for anyone who needs it. Now let's get into the four things I recommend eating more of, consuming more of with PCOS. As a reminder, PCOS is a really common hormonal disorder among women of reproductive age. In fact, the last stats I read is that PCOS can affect about one in 10 women. And what's interesting about PCOS is like a lot of conditions, it's a spectrum. So some women have really minor symptoms that can easily be missed and other women exhibit a lot of symptoms and side effects and their PCOS is quite evident to them even before getting testing done. But if you're not sure, your doctor can tell you if you have PCOS. It is characterized by the presence of irregular menstrual cycles or a missing cycle for three months, high levels of androgens, which include testosterone or DHEA, and or the presence of cysts on the ovaries. When I had seen an OBGYN when I was concerned about my amenorrhea, uh, he had told me you have to meet two of the three criteria to be diagnosed as PCOS. And I was a big question mark because I had missed my period for a long, long time. And they did a scan on my ovaries. And while I had some cysts, it wasn't enough to be characterized as PCOS. It was a normal or healthy amount. Um, and I did not have irregular androgens. I did have irregular hormones. My F SH and LH were irregular. So I'll go into that in a different podcast. It ended up not being PCOS. It's something known as HA, and that happens when you are really, really active and you don't eat enough for your stress or activity level, and then your body just doesn't have enough calories for a period. But today we're talking about PCOS. Let's start with the most important nutrient, in my opinion, for PCOS, which is eating enough protein. 
protein, protein, protein. We are all hearing about protein, but where, what is really enough protein? Everyone's individual needs for protein are going to vary. But I can tell you when I have somebody come in who just learned about her PCOS diagnosis, she is struggling with insulin resistance, she's struggling with stubborn weight loss, she is feeling like she cannot control herself around sugar. When we look at what she eats on the average day, she is falling way below what I'd recommend a protein. And that might be because she's skipping meals or she's relying on quick grab-and-go processed foods that just tend to be higher in carbohydrates or fat compared to protein. Uh, or maybe she has a restrictive diet because she's vegan and maybe she heard that um, you know, she needed to be vegetarian or whatever reason. Not that you can't get enough protein on a vegan or vegetarian diet. It just has to be more intentional. So when you're following any kind of restrictive diet, whether it's dairy-free, vegan, or vegetarian, that does limit your amount of protein. So you do have to be very, very strategic on where and how you get your protein. I tell women that we need to be eating between 20 and 40 grams of protein at least three times a day. And if we're having snacks, they need to have at least 10 grams of protein. Now, this is a really broad generalization because you might be eating three meals and only getting 20 grams of protein at all three of those meals. That probably isn't enough. So another way you can calculate protein and your protein needs is to think about healthy body weight for you. And you might need to speak to a registered dietitian to really understand what a healthy body weight is for you because I don't go by the BMI. It's very outdated. And I find a lot of doctors will just go by the BMI because it's quick and easy and chartable. It's just not very accurate. So you have to think about a weight that is healthy and that you feel good at and is also realistic. And then I would multiply that by 0.8 to 1. And that is how many grams of protein you need. So per pound of your healthy ideal body weight, so if you ideally are 130 pounds and that's where you feel best, then at most you would need 130 grams of protein. Uh, but I'd want you to get a minimum of about 104. Yeah. And if that number feels really high to you, then you're probably not eating enough protein. Why does protein matter? Well, for a lot of reasons. Number one, it keeps you full for a long time. So if we're having a full protein breakfast, if our lunch has 30 to 40 grams of protein, if we're choosing a protein-rich snack, we are going to feel full and satisfied and we are less likely to crave high amounts of sugar. Now, the caveat to this is if you're only eating protein and you're not eating enough carbs, then you're probably still going to crave sugar, but we'll get to that. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Protein also helps with insulin sensitivity. So if you are diagnosed with PCOS and you got a blood draw that shows that you have elevated blood sugars or you are insulin resistant, keep in mind that when you go and get your labs tested, your blood sugars and insulin are two different tests. Okay, I would ask for both. Sometimes you have to ask for an insulin test. They don't just automatically get drawn. When you test those, if your blood sugars are elevated or your insulin is out of range, protein, when we eat those foods, do not spike our blood sugars the same way as other foods. So it can help us have more steady blood sugar control. It doesn't increase our blood sugar. And again, it helps prevent us from overeating the foods that do increase our blood sugar. I do want a lot of women who have PCOS to be doing some kind of strength training. Of course, there is different thresholds for the intensity and frequency of strength training depending on your body. Some women have a higher tolerance for more strength training and heavier strength training, while for other women that just causes a lot of cortisol spikes and doesn't really do anything for them or maybe it jacks up their appetite. So working with a dietitian, you can really figure out uh, what kind of exercise feels good for you, even though a dietitian won't give you which exercises to do. Like I can't tell you do 10 lap pull downs, but I can tell you you need to strength train and I'd recommend this many days and refer you to a trainer if if that's what you'd want. But if you are doing strength training, we want to make sure you're eating enough protein to recover and repair those muscle tissues. This counts if you're doing bar, if you're doing Pilates, if you're doing a yoga where you're holding movements, you are still using muscle tissue and you want to eat protein. If you're not eating enough protein, you're not building that muscle tissue. Muscle tissue is metabolically active. It's great for fat loss. It is great for insulin sensitivity. Strength train, build muscle, and then eat protein to recover that muscle. So as a recap there, you might want to write this down. I want you to be eating 0.8 to 1 grams of protein per pound of a healthy body weight for you. Um, you, I mean, you might hear some people say your current body weight. I really think that depends on what your body weight is. If you are 250 pounds, eating 250 grams of protein is insane. I don't think you need to be doing that. I do not see that having any benefits. So working with a dietitian, you can figure out your specific protein needs. And it is best to space that protein evenly throughout the day in doses of 20 to 40 grams. This might mean you're eating three times a day. It could mean you're eating five times a day. This is totally customizable. Just don't skip meals. I do not recommend anyone with PCOS or hormone concerns skip breakfast, skip lunch, because you're missing out on that protein. And of course, if we fast too long, we might be craving sugar later in the day. The second thing I recommend anyone with PCOS consider is eating a lot of omega-3 fatty acids, specifically EPA and DHA. These are polyunsaturated fats that play a crucial role in a lot of physiological processes, and they're considered beneficial for women with PCOS for a lot of reasons. 
First of all, they can help lower inflammation. So omega-3s are very anti-inflammatory. And women with PCOS often experience chronic low-grade inflammation, especially in their gut. Uh, and the omega-3s can help reduce that inflammation in your body. This can also improve insulin sensitivity and the risk of cardiovascular disease, which is also increased with women who have PCOS. It can also help with menstrual cycle regulation. Omega-3 fatty acids may contribute to the regulation of your cycle. Uh, some studies suggest that they could improve the regularity of a cycle with women who have PCOS and potentially support ovulatory function. So if you're concerned about your ovulation cycles or they're irregular, there are some studies that show omega-3s can help. And then while there is still some research needed, other studies are suggesting that omega-3 fatty acids could have a modest effect on reducing androgen levels, which are often, not always, elevated with women who have PCOS. So if you have high testosterone, DHEA, wouldn't hurt to take an omega-3. There's a lot of benefits. If you are really struggling with protein or maybe you have a restrictive diet, I would recommend eating two to three servings of fatty fish per week because you're going to be getting those omega-3 fatty acids and you're going to be getting protein to meet your previous goal. So salmon, tuna, halibut, I recommend wild caught if it's in your budget, but any is better than none at all. Plant-based sources include chia seeds, walnuts, ground, flaxseed. However, you do have to eat a lot of these foods to be getting a therapeutic dose of omega-3. So across the board, I would recommend taking an EPA DHA supplement. I'm going to leave some recommendations for those supplements in the show notes. Uh, or maybe I'll just write a whole blog to link to some because there are so many different types and it can feel overwhelming. The third thing I recommend for anybody with PCOS is consuming complex carbs. Yes, eating carbs with PCOS. I'm so sick of hearing the narrative that women with PCOS should not be eating carbohydrates. That just creates unnecessary fear around food and it can really light up any kind of restrict binge cycles that somebody might be struggling with. It can make cravings feel insatiable. Like if you're not eating carbs all day long, what do you want at night? What do you want on the weekend? You want sugar, you want refined carbs. You're not going to be going for a bowl of oatmeal with berries. You're going to be going for a bowl of ice cream with chocolate sauce. That's what happens when you restrict carbohydrates. Now we have to think about carbohydrates in two broad categories, complex and refined. This is a very simple way to discuss carbohydrates, but it's really effective. Complex carbs, think sweet potatoes, rolled oats, berries, fruit, other types of carbohydrates that are complex include Ezekiel bread, Ezekiel cereal or sprouted grain cereal, sprouted grain tortillas, butternut squash, beans, lentils, whole grains like quinoa, brown rice. All of these contain fiber. And yes, I did say fruit. I know some people kind of debate whether fruit's complex or simple. Uh, for this case, I'm using complex carbs to define carbohydrates that contain fiber. Fiber helps keep you very full for a long time. And when you consume these carbohydrates, when they turn to sugar in your body, they do not get absorbed as quickly as refined carbs. So there is a less dramatic blood sugar spike. This is crucial for women who are struggling with their weight, blood sugars, or insulin resistance with PCOS. It is very normal 
I'm going to repeat this, it is very normal to have blood sugar increases after you eat. Your cells need energy and the carbohydrates break down into sugar, aka energy for your cells. The problem is when we are consuming a lot of refined carbohydrates. Think white bread, white pastas, sugars, Pop-Tarts, ultra-processed cookies, treats, baked goods. These things don't have much fiber, if any at all. So they're very easy for your body to break down into sugar, and therefore they get absorbed very quickly and cause a spike in blood sugar. And if we have continuous spikes in blood sugar over and over and over and over again, we can develop insulin resistance and type 2 diabetes. And that's where it can get really hard for women to lose weight because now their body doesn't want to take in the energy or the sugar from this food, so your body creates more fat cells to store this energy. So we don't have to remove uh, complex carbs from someone's diet when they have insulin resistance. We just have to dramatically change the type of carbohydrate that she is eating 80 to 90% of the time because it's impossible to never enjoy something refined. I know I've had clients who love popcorn. They love like the savory refined carbohydrates. We're going to include popcorn now and then. And there's other people like me who I've got to have a little sweet something at least a few times a week. I mean, me personally, I like to have a little something every day. But if I was decreasing insulin, if I was insulin resistance, I would change that to a few times a week and find more complex carb replacements without completely eliminating refined carbs. Because when we eat complex carbs, we don't have that dramatic spike in blood sugar. And then over time, we can reduce the insulin resistance while still giving ourselves energy to function and not causing us to crave refined carbs in excess. Here's the thing about complex carbs. We want to make sure we're pairing them with protein. So if we're eating protein every single time we eat and we're getting that 20 to 40 grams, carbohydrates should just come along with the ride. Think of them as your side dish. Again, working with a dietitian can really help you define if you need to count carbohydrates, if you need to track carbohydrates, how to eat the healthiest carbohydrates. You can make it really personalized. But if you have any fear around carbs, I hope this helps dissipate it. It's just the type of carbs that you're eating that you really need to focus on and perhaps depending on your blood labs, the serving size and frequency. The last thing I'd recommend consuming more of if you have PCOS is actually a supplement. It is known as myo-inositol. It's a type of inositol, which is a member of the vitamin B complex family. It's gained a lot of attention for its benefits with women in PCOS. I'm not one who usually recommends supplements, but myo-inositol is one of the few that I do encourage all of my women who have PCOS who present with irregular cycles, concerns about ovulation and fertility, and insulin resistance take. Myonositol has been shown to enhance insulin sensitivity, which is good, right? We want our cells to be sensitive to insulin, not resistant. This is important because women with PCOS often have resistance, so the improved sensitivity can regulate blood sugar levels and reduce the risk of developing type 2 diabetes. Myonositol may also help regulate menstrual cycles. It can also help reduce elevated levels of androgens. 
Um, and myonositol in, in that realm has also been suggested to lower the symptoms that come along with androgens, such as that excessive hair growth or acne, maybe if you're losing some hair, male pattern baldness. So if you're noticing those symptoms, I would run, not walk, uh, to get your hands on some myonositol. And then of course, it can be shown to improve ovulation. So if you're struggling with infertility with PCOS, supplement with myonositol. As for dosage, it can be a little bit varied. It's important to consult with a healthcare professional or your dietitian uh, to know exactly how much you should be taking. But a really common dosage for myo-inositol is 2,000 to 4,000 milligrams per day. And usually this is taken in, taken in two doses. It's also combined with another form of inositol called D-chiro-inositol, D-C-I, uh, for the best results. I always put people on the thorn ovulatory or no ovarian care myonositol combination. Uh, I'll link that in the show notes below. It's a powder. So it's really great to put into your protein smoothies. It's great to put into your protein oatmeal. You can mix it with water. It's like a berry flavor. It's naturally sweetened. I think it's a great one, but there are so many different types that if you prefer to take a pill, just make sure it's that combination of myonositol and D-Cairo 41, okay? 40 to 1 ratio. So those are the four things I would recommend consuming more of if you have PCOS. I swear that if you start focusing on eating more of these things, consuming more of these things, your journey is going to be a lot more pleasant. You're going to feel better about your choices. You're going to feel less afraid about food. And remember that healing PCOS is a journey. For some people, that journey is a little bit longer, and that's okay. If we try to rush healing PCOS, balancing our hormones, we might make some detrimental mistakes um, that are even going to be harder to correct. So enjoy the journey, as annoying as that might sound. Learn about food, learn about your body, give yourself a lot of patience and grace. And I can't recommend enough working with a dietitian. If you want to work with me, if you want to work at the other dietitians on the Nutrition Awareness team, I encourage you to click the link in the show notes, nutritionawareness.com. Read about us, read about our bios, see what we can do for you, and then set up a consultation. We do in-person consultations in Orlando, but we do virtual consultations worldwide. So you can set up that session with us, come up with a game plan. You'll leave that initial consultation with the information that will empower you to make changes that same day. In that initial consultation, we ask you a lot of questions to understand your goals. We want to understand your health history, the symptoms that you're having, the symptoms you want to alleviate. We want to understand the things you've tried before to help you lose weight or reduce your PCOS symptoms. And then in that initial consultation, we are going to give you concrete ideas, recipes, goals, ways to track, measure, so that you can leave that call feeling like you can do anything. And then from there, look at our website. We've got different follow-up options. We've got the daily accountability program, which is amazing for women with PCOS. We chat every day on a virtual platform to make sure you're feeling good, reaching your goals, feeling encouraged. You have somebody on your team to make sure you get to where you want to be using food. And then we've got, you know, weekly or monthly video call check-ins. Whatever you need to be successful, we'll customize it to you. Guys, I can't thank you enough for listening to this podcast. If you have any questions, again, reach out to us. All the ways to reach us are in the show notes, and we will see you on the next episode. 
We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Nutrition Awareness Podcast. And if you did find it helpful and want to share it with the whole world, screenshot this episode and tag us on Instagram in your stories at nutrition.awareness so we can connect with you. To get notified about the next episode of Nutrition Awareness, be sure to hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. And to create your own personalized nutrition plan with us, be sure to schedule your virtual or in-person consultation on our website, www.orlandodietitian.com. Now get out there, fuel up, and live your healthiest life. We'll see you on the next episode.